0: I'm your host, Gil Martin, I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON right now for $10 off your first order. We have got a lot to talk about today. We will start discussing the upcoming series against the Florida Panthers in a very preliminary way right now. We also will have a look at some of the protocols that the NHL is going to institute once play gets back underway, and we will take a look at some of the things that people are saying about Ilya Sorokin, uh, still not signed yet by the Islanders. We have our trip back in the time machine today. We'll be going back to December of 1975 for some exciting goaltending action from Chico Resch, and we have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more. Don't forget, if there's something on your mind, if you have something you'd like us to cover in the time machine or a question or a comment, Feel free to send us an email, the address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air as we talk Islanders hockey. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles is the handle, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at n y r v s n y i, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes from the world of the New York Islanders. So, the NHL basically started talking a little bit over the weekend about some of the protocols, and essentially, one thing, and we've talked about this on the show several times, one thing that the NHL needs to do is to have an adequate number of tests so that the players can maintain safety and deputy commissioner bill daly had something to say about that he said there will be rigorous daily testing where players are tested every evening and those results are obtained before they would leave their hotel rooms the next morning so we'll know if we have a positive test and whether the player has to self quarantine himself as a result of that positive test it's expensive but we think it's really a fundamental and found excuse me, a foundational element of what we're trying to accomplish. According to Gary Bettman, the NHL's commissioner, each test costs approximately one hundred and twenty five thousand excuse me one hundred and twenty five dollars, and the league says it will need between twenty five and thirty five thousand tests to get through the playoffs. That will cost the league millions of dollars. But it is also something that is necessary. Donald Fear, the NHL Players Association Executive Director, basically said you need testing at a level sufficient to be confident that you're going to be on top of anything which might happen. If that turns out to be daily and that's available, that's okay. That would be good. If it turns out that's not quite what we need, we can get by with a little less, that's Okay. So, basically, the players definitely will be assuming that risk, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can keep it all under wraps, no positive uh, results will hopefully come up, and that is something we really are hoping for. Meanwhile, on Twitter, over the weekend, uh, a great tweet by the KHL. And you can check this out on Twitter. A lot of people retweeted it with the Isles hashtag. But basically, the tweet from the KHL says, During eight KHL seasons, Ilya Sorokin made 6,578 saves. Here are 10 of the best of them. And uh, for those of you who haven't been able to watch what Ilya Sorokin can do, here's 10 really good saves that you could see on Twitter uh, some spectacular plays that he made during his time in the KHL in Eastern Europe, and uh, I gotta say, I've watched him a bunch of times, some pretty impressive stuff out there, and I'm looking forward to the latest on Sorokin, and when he may arrive, I hope that it will be, you know, fairly soon doesn't look, at this point, like the NHL will allow Sorokin to play in the playoffs this year, but we have to keep our eyes open, and certainly, you know, in the past, uh, a free agent like that, uh, a college player or a uh, another player that a team had drafted, you know, you sign them in March or April, and they do end up being eligible to to play in the playoffs. The Islanders and a few other teams still hoping that they can get that down and and have Sorokin included in that, but as of right now, still very much up in the air, and uh, we will keep an eye on it for certain uh, when it comes to figuring out whether or not the Islanders will get a chance to Have Sorokin available. Then, of course, the follow up question becomes if he's available. Uh, You know, he hasn't played in a few months. And yeah, he would have to go through the same informal training camp and the regular training camp and all of that. But assuming that Sorokin, uh, you know, would be allowed to be on the Islanders roster, do you think that Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello? after having the combination of Varlamov and Grice in goal for all of the regular season, do they then turn to Sorokin? Is he the best option? Certainly, even just having him on the roster and available would be something that would be beneficial to Sorokin to get a feel for the NHL, to see the culture, to, to start meeting some of his teammates, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But, you know, maybe he isn't the best option at this point to play in playoff games. Maybe he is. That is, again, a few steps away, but something the Islanders are certainly hoping is an option for them once the playoffs get started. And if you want to get yourself started, try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I tell you, I always was skeptical of protein bars, had trouble eating them because they just didn't taste good, The consistency wasn't good, it was almost like taking medicine. Well, Built Bar isn't like that. They have 16 amazing flavors, half of them have nuts, half of them are nut-free, but all of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and look, Built Bar, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high fiber, and that's everything you could possibly want in a protein bar. Look, check out the mint brownie flavor. 15 grams of protein, just 110 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And right now, we have a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code On. You'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code On. For ten dollars off at builtbar.com. All right, so before we get to our Islanders' birthday of the day, wanted to talk a little bit about some very basic things concerning the upcoming series between the Islanders and the Florida Panthers. Both of these teams struggling as the regular season wound down. The Panthers only won six of their last eighteen games. They were six nine and three. The Islanders had lost nine of their final eleven and were o three and four in their last seven. So neither one of these teams coming off a, a lot of momentum. But again, you know, games haven't been played. By the time the playoffs get underway, it'll be at least three months since the last games were played. The big advantage that the Panthers have right now is offense. Jonathan Hubbardow, Alexander Barkov, Mike Hoffman, all players who have a lot of explosiveness. They are dangerous. The Islanders, defensively, are the stronger team, and that's where uh, they have a bigger advantage. You look at the goals for the Panthers were sixth in the league, the Islanders 24th, but here's where the Islanders do have a a big advantage the other way. The Islanders are a much better defensive team, although Sergei Bobrovsky is an experienced playoff goalie who certainly, you know, has done well in the playoffs in the past, including last year, and the other thing about, uh, the Panthers, they're coached by Joel Quenville, who, like the Islanders and Barry Trotz, is a Stanley Cup-winning coach. So you have those two things, but the other area the Islanders do have an advantage at overall is playoff experience. The Islanders, you know, first of all, they beat the Panthers the last time these two teams played back in 2016, and also, as far as the Islanders are concerned, a lot more players with more lengthy playoff resumes, especially since the Islanders went to the second round of the playoffs just a year ago. So, lots of things that, you know, the Islanders can say is their advantage defensively. They are a stronger team, but we shall see how this one goes out. the three times that these two teams met, The Islanders basically winning all three. They swept the Florida Panthers for the first time in seven years. So all games were close. All games won by the Islanders. Believe me, as we get closer and closer to the resumption of play, we will talk more about the breakdown of the playoffs and and everything else surrounding it. But uh, Islanders, Panthers, that is what we have to look forward to. Now, meanwhile, uh, the Islanders' birthday of the day, June 1st, 1972, the birthday of New York native, Johnson City, New York, so not (laughs) New York City, but Johnson City, New York native, Mike Dunham. Now, Dunham finished his playing career with the Islanders back in 2006-2007, appearing in 19 games for the Isles. He has the unique distinction, by the way, of being one of the few players who played for the Devils, the Rangers, and the Islanders, so all three present New York-area NHL teams. Then, of course, Dunham spent a decade between September of 2007 and... July of 2017 as the Islanders' goaltending coach, uh, and then went on to be the Bruins' developmental coach uh, for goalies starting in August of 2017. So, Dunham, again, only playing one season with the Islanders, but he certainly did, uh, you know, stay with the organization for another decade as the goaltending coach. the highlight for Dunham will go back to an outstanding performance that he had uh, in a win, his first win as an Islander October 11th 2006 at the Honda Center in Anaheim as the Islanders topped the ducks by a score of five to four and in this game, Mike Dunham really playing some outstanding hockey. The Islanders were outshot in this contest by a 50-24 to 24 margin, and yet they still managed to earn the win because Dunham made 46 saves in this game to get the Islanders the victory. Chris Simon, of all players, uh, had a great offensive game for the Islanders, one goal and two assists. He was a team-leading plus two in this one, along with Miro Shatan He was actually the only Islander with a multi-point game. Alexi Yashin led the Islanders in shots on goal with five, but again, Dunham, really the hero of this game with 46 saves as the New York Islanders Came up with a big five to four shootout win over the Anaheim Ducks that was back on October eleventh, two thousand six. And once again, a very very happy birthday to Mike Dunham, our Islanders birthday of the day. All right, chain stores have different pr- price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account logon. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for auto parts? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all all the parts that your car will ever need. Check out rockauto.com. All right, so it's time for our Time Machine feature, and again, if you have a suggestion for the Time Machine, one that we haven't covered yet, either last week or today, please feel free to email us or contact us via Twitter and send us your suggestions. Today, those of you who like goaltending and defense are going to like this one. We're going to go back to December 7th, 1975 as the New York Islanders 75-76 was the greatest defensive season that the Islanders ever had. They gave up the fewest number of goals in a complete season, and they had 10 shutouts in 80 games. That's one out of every eight games that season was a shutout. Chico Resch led the Islanders with seven. Billy Smith added three of his own, and you know, it's hard to believe After all this time, the Islanders' all-time shutout leader in career shutouts is still Glenn Chico Resch. As we head back in time to 1975, December of 1975, we look at the top songs, number five on the Billboard charts, Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers, KC and the Sunshine Band were at number four with That's the Way I Like It. Jigsaw was at three with Sky High, Let's Do It Again by The Staple Singers was at number two, and at number one that week, Fly Robin Fly by The Silver Connection. We're going back to the heyday of disco, and some of the top movies back then, well, big in theaters, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which was released just a couple of weeks before the first week in December of 1975, and also released Thanksgiving weekend of that year, Barry Lyndon, another spectacular film that is still remembered well. December 7th, 1975, the Islanders had the first of back-to-back shutouts, first Chico Resch in goal for the Islanders as they headed up to the Odd in Buffalo against a team that at this point, made it to the Stanley Cup Final the previous year, but the Islanders get two goals from Clark Gillies, two a goal and two assists by Brian Trottier, and two assists from Jean Potvan in a 3-0 shutout win over the Buffalo Sabres. Chico Resch with 22 saves in this one, beating former Islanders goalie Jerry Desjardins, who was in between the pipes for the Buffalo Sabres in this one? Also, one fight, and I would love to see footage of this one. Jerry Korab, the very big, tough defenseman of the Buffalo Sabres, dropping the gloves in the second period with Gary Howitt, the five foot eight tough guy for the New York Islanders, Howitt. Had to have been, you know, the size difference, the weight difference, the reach difference, all had to favor Korab, whose nickname back then was King Kong. But something tells me that Gary Howitt more than held his own on that particular day. Meanwhile, two days later, the Islanders returned home to the Nassau Coliseum to take on the Minnesota North Stars. They had Caesar Maniago in goal. The Islanders again. Went with Chico Resch, 14,865 fans on hand to see the Islanders host the North Stars, and with four goals in the second period, the Islanders skated away with a 6-0 win. Only three shots on goal taken by Minnesota in the third period of this game as the Islanders' defense clamped down. Islanders... Outshooting the North Stars 33 to 22, and for Chico Resch, back-to-back shutouts in this game as the Islanders down the North Stars six to nothing. Three assists for Jean Potvin, so he was absolutely all over uh, these two games, just picking up a lot of helpers. Dennis Potvin had a pair of assists. Brian Trottier had a goal and an assist, and Bobby Nystrom had a pair of helpers as well, and Dave Lewis, the defenseman, led All-Islanders with a plus three ranking in this game, and as far as shots on goal were concerned, Andre St. Laurent, who had one goal in the game, led All-Islanders players with five, followed by Gary Howitt who added four shots on goal for the Islanders. But the the name of the game for the Islanders in 1975-76 was defense. And they finished with 101 points the first time that the Islanders ever topped the 100-point barrier. They allowed only 190 goals that year, which placed them second in the league in goals against, and to this day, remains a franchise record, and, you know, you got to consider that even during the dead puck era, in the late 90s into the early 2000s, that record of 190 goals against in a full season, not going to count lockout shortened seasons that took place later, like in 1995, uh, but that record still remains, and the Islanders, scored 297 goals and allowed 190. So overall, they were plus 107 uh, in the goals department, finishing the year 42-21 and 17 that season. So uh, again, this was still a team that was finding their way but and just starting to realize how good they could become Dennis Potvan led the team in scoring that year with ninety eight points. he had thirty one goals, which is an incredible amount for a defenseman. Brian Trottier was second with thirty uh with ninety five points. He led the team or excuse me, he was second on the team with thirty two goals. Clark Gillies led the club with thirty four goals. he had sixty one points on the season and then Surprisingly enough, who led the Islanders that year in plus-minus? How about defensive defenseman Burt Marshall, who did not score a goal in 71 games, had 16 assists and a plus-37 on the season. So this was the Islanders' best year defensively, and it was the first time in Islanders' history that they topped the 100-point mark in a season. The year before, they made the playoffs for the first time, got to the semifinals, and each year, it seemed, the Islanders got a little bit better on their way to their eventual dynasty years, which started in 1980. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a more national perspective on the world of hockey. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And remember, each day gets us one day closer to the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders.